Hello, hello, Corny. This is Peter Holland of the Corny Hub, and you are listening to the Hub Sports Podcast. Welcome, welcome, everyone. Welcome to the Hub Sports Podcast. This is actually the 10th episode. Um, I'm definitely excited. And also not to mention, it's playoff season. I'm very excited, and we got something special for all the audience today. I got in some of my colleagues today. Guys from the Lincoln Journal Star decided to hop in on the pod with me. Buck Mahoney is not around, so I'm just holding it down the fort. I, I'm here with leading high school sports writer of the Journal Star, um, Luke Mullen. And I also got another contributor writer of the um, Lincoln Journal Star and a Carney native as well. And they both have their own little podcast as well um, called Prep Extra. I think they're doing a great job covering um, the Lincoln area. And it's good to have their point of view of state playoffs coming this Friday. Gentlemen, how are you guys doing? I'm good, Peter. Thanks for having us on. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate the shout out. Unlike Jeff, not from Carney, I'm from Omaha, so <laughs> further away. But yeah, thanks for having us to chat all things playoffs. Yeah, I definitely appreciate it. I'll start with you, Luke. Um, this is actually technically your first, I'm mean, correct me if I'm wrong, this is your first on the beat on full-time, if am I correct? You were hired, like, over the summer. First year doing football full-time, yeah. How has it been for you? I mean, I know it's it's been hectic, but it's not like you're no stranger to it, but how has it been for you? Yeah, no, it's been awesome. Um, I've really appreciated, you know, getting the chance to do two games a week during the regular season you know, see a lot more teams, get to know a lot more coaches and players than I had in the past, too. And I think from our perspective, too, it's it's been a really good year. You know, we got a couple of really good teams up here in Lincoln, and some of the, the communities around us have some real solid teams, too. So, yeah, just been a, a great year so far. And like you, I, I can't believe, you know, it's late October. It's playoffs now. It's it's really going it, fast. For it, sure. it went by too fast. I, yeah. I, I've been here since February, and... I'm just surprised that it's already football season. It just kind of crept up. I mean, where we're going toward, we're going to the postseason. It happened so fast that I still remember week one when Carney and Grand Island just went toe to toe. Jeff, you're all over the place. Obviously, the last <laughs> last time we spoke, it was over the summer when I do the that nice little feature I did about you and that um that athletes on filter podcast. How's that been going with you and all the other things that you've been doing? It's been awesome. I appreciate obviously the feature you did, Peter, is awesome. Um, busy as always i mean we got say playoffs i think some filters been going a couple new episodes we released one just this last saturday with the bye week um but also with state volleyball come up in a couple weeks um just everything is going all over the place so things are cranking up i guess we can all agree that this is probably the i don't know how the way to express it but more of the reaching point of as writers this is where this is the hardest thing as one of sports writers, when posing come around, when everything is hectic, all the riders from different areas are meeting in one place. Even when softball was even crazy. This was my first um, coverage of Carney Catholic when they made state for softball. And I just can imagine the the craziness that, that went on throughout that season there. Yeah, but 
Let's get started, guys. I'm down to talk about some football, high school football for that matter. We're going to keep it mostly on Class A and Class C, just because, um, just for our audience sake, this is Carney. Class A with um, Carney High School and Class C, wanted to be exact, is where Carney Catholic is. I'm going to break it down of uh, the brackets, starting with Class A. Obviously, number one is um, Miller South. They take on Omaha North. Omaha West Side hosts number two, and they play number 15, La Vista South. Bellevue West is number three, and they play La Vista. Number four is Elkhorn South versus Carney. Number five, Grand Isle versus number 12, Lincoln East. Uh, number six, Creighton Prep versus number 11, Grand Island. Number seven, Omaha Burke versus number 10, Lincoln Southeast. And number eight, North Platte versus number nine, Columbus. So looking at these games in Class A, looks kind of kind of intriguing, kind of straightforward. Um, what did some that you guys think that kind of set out or what are your takeaways from that bracket in particular? I mean, for me, it's, it's kind of a case of is just incredible. You know, those, those top three teams, um, Miller South, West Side, and Bell West, um, you know, they, they've just kind of been a little bit of a step above some of those other teams so far this year. Um, so when, you, when you're looking at kind of state title favorites, you have to kind of start and stop with those three. You know, you think obviously there's there's potential for some of those other teams to make a run, um, but, but definitely those favorites kind of stand out. And you know, you're kind of looking at it and saying, you know, who's going to pull off an upset? Well, it's really tough. You know, these these higher seeded teams, they're there for a reason. They, they've showed the consistency over the course of the whole year. Um, so, you know, it's going to be really tough for any of those lower seeded teams. Obviously, you know, covering the Lincoln area, you look at that 12-5 Lincoln East Gretna. You've got St. Flores and Noel Walters, two of the best quarterbacks in the state, going up against each other. So, you know, whoever kind of comes out trumps there, they, they could make a big run too. either of those teams really solid. But I like the way the brackets kind of shaped up. We got some great first round games, some great games to look forward to as well. And, you know, I'm sure all you and Carney, you're going to think that 13-4 matchup, that's going to be tough. You know, Elkhorn South played a, a pretty good game a couple weeks ago, but definitely some upset potential there too. Yeah, I mean, with the Class A field, I think it's hard to imagine not seeing a Bell West Miller South final. That just kind of seems like a thing that's going to happen. But I think the team that could play spoiler a little bit is Creighton Prep. Uh, they've looked really good, and they, I think, I kind of got on their train after last week's fifty-two to seven victory over Lincoln East, who seemed like they were obviously they're a top ten team, but they could have pushed some teams, but. Prep just came out, just dismantled them and showed that they can stop a high-flying offense like that, which begs the question that can that defense do it against Bellevue West and Miller South? That will, we will see that eventually, but uh, that test will be right away, especially if Prep wins their opening round game uh, against Grand Island, which presumes they would. They would most likely take on Bellevue West there. So, uh, But again, I, I don't see much of anyone coming out of the top side of the bracket, side from Miller South. I think Elkhorn South could put a challenge in there, but again, it's hard to imagine anyone outside of Miller South, Bellevue West, and Creighton Prep not being in the final. Jeff, you mentioned uh, Creighton Preps, and um, you you seen them. Um, I would just remember Creighton Prep really held well against Bellevue West. That yeah. that could have easily been gone a different way, but. Do you kind of feel like that kind of changed the way of what happened with Bellevue West and how they went down with Miller South? I mean, with obviously Miller South there, they played really well against Bellevue West too. But um, did you feel like kind of Creighton Prep was the team that could likely 
be like the team that could make a good make a decent run just after because they went against Bellevue West in a way and they know what they can do, but they can somehow just make a little run of their own in a way. Yeah, I mean, they have a good, obviously, good defense that's stepped up as of late, and they've been plenty of teams' problems uh, no matter what the offense they put forth. Uh, but I think they're a well-disciplined enough team. They don't make a whole lot of mistakes. Great Prep is never going to be a team that has this high-flying offense that beats, that you get beat by, but they're disciplined, they work hard, and they run the ball effectively. Uh, Jamar Brown, who has over 1,000 yards already this season with 15 touchdowns, he's going to be key to their success. I mean, I know, Luke, you've seen them play in person, um, so I, I can kind of kick it over to you, but I mean, they're a team that I think, if there's a big upset like there was with Corning over Bellevue West last year, I think it's going to come via great prep. Yeah, I mean, having seen them just take down the two best teams in Lincoln, Southeast and East, both pretty handily, I mean, I, I have to consider them probably the best defense I've seen. And, and definitely, you know, we mentioned they, they shut out Bell West that entire second half, which I don't think any teams come close to even shutting them out for a whole quarter. Um, so that that's really impressive. And for me, you know, the prep defense, too, it's, it's not like they need to rush six or seven guys to get pressure. They have great defensive ends, some great tackles, too, up there. Uh, so against Lincoln East, they, they really had success rushing four and then just dropping those other guys and, you know, clogging up the middle of the field, making it really difficult for those offenses to function. And, of course, you know, you mentioned Marty Brown. He's just been dominant all year. He's a real tough runner. Well, hey, he gets hurt against Lincoln East. Jack Stessman comes in, scores four rushing touchdowns himself. So, you know, you have that depth along the defensive line, along those running backs, some of those key positions for prep. And come playoff time, you know, that's that's always a good recipe, those good running backs, a good defensive line, kind of slow the game down, you know, take the tempo out of it a little bit and, and grind it, really make it a four-quarter affair. Let's say I'll jump in real quick. I mean, I think the exceptions the last couple of years have been Bellevue West and their high-powered offense. Yeah. But you take a look at years prior to that, the Omaha North dynasty. They won games by a suffocating defense and a powerful rushing attack. And when it gets October and November, when it gets cold, that, I think, is the biggest recipe for success in playoff football. So I think that's interesting to look at. Let me say this about Bellevue West for a minute. When I saw Bellevue West versus Kearney, I mean, I kind of knew from the get-go that Bellevue West was the clear, better team. But I kind of felt a certain way after the game, just the um, performance-wise. For, for one, Carney did, I mean, the, the scoreboard will say it will speak for itself, but Carney did held her own throughout that first half, down by two possessions. It was that third quarter that kind of hurt them, or, or even that L.J. Richardson 80-yard touchdown that kind of kind of hurt them in a bit, too. But they kept them scoreless in the first quarter. They were right there, for that, even that for that sharp moment. But I think the, another way to have a look with this Bellevue West team, that even um, before this season, without this going to be a team that's untouchable, that is going to be out for blood after um, after Carney took them out in the, in the state quarterfinals. But when I saw that game... I don't know. I see a team that is full of athletes, and I know they're going to probably make a good run, but I don't necessarily see a team. I think that's kind of the best way to look at it without saying anything negative, because I see I see a bunch of stellar athletes. I mean, my God, the, the, the Devon Nicole catch. Catch of the year, for, in my opinion. But I just don't see a team. I just see full of athletes, and it's going to be a matter of time, like a Miller South or a Omaha West Side. Elkhorn South or any of those other top level class A teams and that that could probably take out Bellevue West either back down where they started, which was in the state quarterfinals or let alone in the semifinals. 
Um, your thoughts on that? You definitely make a good point. Um, it's kind of like an embarrassment of riches kind of on offense for them. They've got five pass catchers. You could probably go D1. They've got a D1 running back. they got two quarterbacks who are getting D1 offers. Like, you know, ultimately there's only one football. To that extent, it's like they're going to have good plays. They're going to have good playmakers. But can the playmakers execute those plays is always the thing. And I know they've been moving some guys around, you know, giving guys some looks on defense too, just just to kind of give them the playing time that they need. But I think honestly, regardless of any struggles Bellevue West has had during the regular season, the level of talent they have in any one-off game is just going to give them an edge there. It's going to get them far. I agree. I agree with that. And I mean, over the course of a nine-game regular season too, it's like – you always have that potential to slip up a little bit. You always have maybe a week where you're not as fired up, not as motivated. Well, hey, you know, it's it's playoffs now. You know, they're they're expecting to come into every game and win. And that's the level of confidence that, that comes with the talent that they have. And, you know, ultimately, yes, they, they haven't been as dominant, you know, as put together, as cohesive as we might expect. But I think come playoffs, they'll they'll definitely be at the level that they've wanted to be. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think it's obviously the intensity and the mindset changes once the playoffs get here because like we saw that WS is just talented enough to go do kind of like a walkthrough game and they sure. can just dismantle teams. Um, they might even do that in their first round playoff game against Villa La Vista. But obviously I think Coach Huffman, who's been there for years, knows what it takes. He's had it. Again, he's coached teams like this before, too, with the embarrassment of riches. So he knows what it takes. He knows what he needs to do to get his team ready. And things are going to change once that second round in the quarterfinals when they could possibly go against prep. Uh, And certainly the talent won't matter as much. The talent won't be as one-sided in the later rounds, as obviously as the early rounds. But I think this is a WS team that, again, would still go off and win the state title. But they, unlike... The last couple of years, they have a legitimate contender with them that has the talent to compete with them at the top level. I'm kind of interested on the the Lincoln teams on the bracket too. Um, can you um, elaborate more on the that team? I, mean, I think a, a probably interesting is the the Gretna one versus Lincoln East and the Omaha Berg versus Lincoln Southeast. Obviously, the quarterback play is definitely going to play a role with um guy I, I can think of top of my head was Noel Walters from Lincoln East. Um, I, I heard he's he's been playing phenomenally, and then you look at um. Omaha Burr versus Lincoln Southeast, the guy that really does cut my eye was Devon Jackson, um, the Oregon commit. Tell me about um, the, the matchup or what you expect from that game from your point of views. Sure, yeah, I'll be I'll be at that big Gretna Lincoln East game. That's where I'll be this Friday. So yeah, super excited to see both those quarterbacks go off. And for Lincoln East, you know, No Walters has been on pace. He's been able to kind of get within a striking range of these Class A single-season um, passing touchdown and yardage records. But, you know, the game against Prep really kind of opened my eyes to just how well the Lincoln East offensive line had played over the start of the season. You know, they're the reason why he's able to carve up these defenses, you know, getting time in the pocket to go through his reads and, and find all those talented receivers that, that Lincoln East has. But kind of the, the flip side to having such a good passing game, such a good quarterback, is that Lincoln East hardly ever runs the ball. You know, they, they've had multiple games where they might get four or five carries, you know, the whole entire game. It's it's a passing-oriented offense. It's a little bit different style than most teams will see 
Um, and it's going to be going up against a Greta team that, that sees that every day in practice with St. Flores. they got some big kids along the defensive line, some big defensive backs as well that can, can go up there and rip away some interceptions. Um, so definitely a little bit less confident in Lincoln East at this point, um, you know, coming off that, that big week nine loss to prep. But the talent level on offense is going to be some of the best Gretna has seen. You know, that they're going to be able to give them a challenge there. So I think those two teams are, are pretty well built to go up against each other. And a pretty similar story, I think, in that, that Berg-Southeast matchup. You know, Cooper Katsky, he's, he's Berg's quarterback transfer from Colorado. He's put up some good numbers this year. But that offense is not incredibly explosive. It's kind of a, a little bit more methodical, pick your moments here and there to get those touchdowns and let that defense go to work. You know, you mentioned Devin Jackson. He's just an incredible player there at, at linebacker. He, he leads the charge. They got a couple of good kids along the D-line as well. Um, so I, I think that Burke defense is really going to be able to shut down Southeast there. They've had a little bit of offensive struggles, um, you know, still trying to figure things out with Nebraska commit Applegate at wide receiver. Got Bodenbach at running back. Two of those really top offensive talents there. But yeah, I look at that Burke defense and I, I think they're going to be able to do some good things against Southeast for sure. Yeah, I think the Southeast Burke matchup is two kind of similar teams. I think the quarterback, like we mentioned, that quarterback uh, discrepancy there, I think is going to make a big difference in deciding the winner. But I don't know what to think about Lincoln East. I was really high on them in the middle of the year. They were rolling, and then they dropped these last couple down the stretch. And that Creighton Prep game just threw me off. And I, I don't know what to take away from this team. I think Gretna is a decent matchup for them. The only problem is is that Flores might tear up that defense for Lincoln East. they got to be able to stop the pass somehow. We all know they've been able to pass, but I don't know if they'll be able to stop it. Um, but again, I think I mentioned this early in the year, Lincoln East is one of those teams where if they get rolling, they can go off uh, and they can march their way to the state semis. Just look at the bracket. If they defeat Gretna, they'll most likely get the Elkhorn South, who of course is going against Carney. Um, and I think that's a decent matchup too. I don't know if they get past Miller South at that point, but Lincoln East is a very high, high risk, high reward type team in terms of very high ceiling, but a very low floor too. I'm very intrigued a little bit more on the now with Grenada and Lincoln East, a winner of that team will play the winner of the Carney Elkhorn South team. And um, I'll be remiss if I'd even mention that game, let alone for our, especially for our audience. But um, the Carney Elkhorn South team it was uh, it was just two weeks ago. Um, Carney lost to them twenty-one to seven. It was a pretty it was a pretty solid game. I mean, Elkhorn South was pretty much in control the entire time. But it was more of what's been the storyline for Carney all year long is that they're good enough. I think we can all agree Carney probably had the toughest schedule out of all the teams in Class A if you just look at them. After going with Grand Island to North Platte to Bellevue West uh, to, to Elkhorn South and, and towards the end of the season, they had a lot of things going for them. It was really tough for them, especially on the road because they've been winning all this time. But some of the things that really bothered me a little bit of why they are what they are is because they have not got a road win. They lost a lot of close games too. Uh, the Omaha Burke, it came down to that final touchdown catch by um, um, Devin Jackson. Um, the Columbus game, um, they were right there. They were without their wide receiver and Caden Miller too, but it came down to Columbus playmaker Ernest Hauserman. It came down to that. And then you have an impressive wins, a quality wins, like they beat Grand Allen on opening night. And then they 
dismantle North Platte, and you can see North Platte got better after that loss. But then you see a loss lies to Miller West. They got blown out. The Bellevue, the Bellevue West, we, we already know what that was going to happen. It's just kind of, in a way, this team, they had their fair opportunities to be better than what their records show, but it's just kind of in a way that it's just not enough for them. They got enough players that they can make like a, I want to say they'll make a, another run like they did last year, but they can make it more interesting, just like with the Elkhorn South game. That I think that those two going round two against each other when it really counts, this is something that we definitely should probably take keep an eye on, especially going on their home turf. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, you know, you look at the seeding disparity and you would think it, it wouldn't be a very close matchup. You know, Carney obviously a losing record on the year, but that schedule they played is going to prepare them very well for this moment. And, you know, coaches really hate playing the same team back-to-back weeks. You know, two weeks is a little bit more of a gap, but still, you know, only 14 points separating Carney and Alcorn South two weeks ago. You know, if, it, if it's coming down to a one-score game, I think these two teams are pretty close in, in quality. And for me, the issue is just really going to be Elkhorn South running back Cole Ballard. Is he healthy or not? He He's dinged up, wasn't really able to play against Southeast. And that was a very close 21-10 game for that reason. You know, I think if Ballard was in that game, they, they probably would have ran, ran away with it, maybe mm-hmm. like a 35-point effort from them. Um, so, you know, we all know Elkhorn South has a great defense. They, they proved that last year. They proved that pretty much the whole year as well. Um, so just are they going to be able to top that 21 points that they put up each of the last two weeks? You have a great defense. You know, 21 points is going to be able to keep you in those close games. But if the other team can kind of break through with a couple of touchdowns, you're, you're looking at trouble there. So, yeah, Ballard, definitely the key for me if, if he's going to be able to go at full health. That would be a major loss if Ballard is not out there. No doubt about it. Jeff, what are you about to say? I was just going to mention that I think it helps that Elkhorn South is home. Um, I think this is a much different story if the Storm have to travel to Kearney, because we all know teams hate traveling out to Kearney. But I don't quite know if Kearney has the line to sustain that long of an attack from Elkhorn South like they did last year. But you never know. Coach Cool has proven year in, year out that he can design a game plan to upset these top teams. We saw it last year and just years prior. So don't count the Bearcats. I still think Elkhorn South should be favored, but this isn't clean, cut, and dry, heavy favorite against this lower-end team. So it's intriguing. It's probably one of the more intriguing high versus low seed uh, matchups to the first round. We can move on to Class C1. That is where Carney Catholic is, and they hold the number two seed. But the number one seed is Ashley and Greenwood. They will take uh, number 16, Adams Central. Carney Catholic got Boys Town. They're the 15th seed. Number three is Boone Central. They'll take on 14, Wayne. Columbus Scout is their number four. They take on Fort Calhoun. Number five is Shadron versus Battle Creek. Milford versus Columbus Lakeview. Number seven is Auburn versus Wahoo. And number eight, Broken Bow and Pierce. Looking at that bracket in Class C1, seeing the teams that went unbeaten throughout the regular season, like Carney Cadillac, like Ashton Greenwood. Scouters was on a run at one point, and then Shadron as well. Tell me, when you look at this Class C team, would you consider this might be the most talented Class C1 we've seen in a while, or there's nothing, any, anything that in particular that really stands out to you? No, definitely. I think you look at that C1 bracket, and 1-16, to 16, there is not an easy team the whole way. And, you know, C1 is kind of designed for that with just the amount of teams in the class. 
you know, there's a couple teams over 500 that are, are going home, aren't able to make the playoffs. Um, so each of these 16 qualifiers, they really earn their way. And so, you know, you, you look at the top and you say, okay, Ashton Greenwood, number one seed, you know, surely they have a little bit of an easier path, right? Well, no, they get the last year's runner-up, Adam Central, round one. Then they get to round two, could be last year's state champion, Pierce. Um, so there is some huge upset potential in C1 just with the quality of team that you have going in. And, you know, you mentioned, too, there there were quite a few undefeated teams throughout the year. We still have a couple as we head into the playoffs. So, you know, it, it's going to be interesting to see, do those undefeated teams, you know, keep going, keep showing that quality that got them there. Um, you know, SCOTUS had a really tough shutout loss in Week 9 to Lakeview. Um, so that, that kind of flips, you know, do you think SCOTUS is as strong as they were? Yes, they're still a very good team. Maybe Lakeview's a little bit better than we thought they were as well. They're at the 11 seed. So I think ultimately, Ashton Greenwood, number one seed, Carney Catholic, number two, you have to start there as the two favorites. But really, I can see anybody, you know, one to 10 for that matter, kind of showing up, able to make a run in C1. Yeah, I mean... My big point is looking at Columbus Lakeview, who's the 11th seed. They beat, like Oka mentioned, they beat previously undefeated Columbus Scotus last week. They won their last six games. So they're on a roll right now in 11th seed. So that's not something that Milford wants to see and they could possibly take on Boot Central in that next round. I mean, even Cardi Catholic might have a tough second round matchup between Auburn and Wahoo who are in the top 10 uh, throughout the season as well. I mean, when you have the defending state champion who was riding a 36-game regular season winning streak, into this year as the nine seed, I think it tells you pretty much there how stacked this field is. This could just be an array of upsets all, all playoff season. I mean, you tell me 15 seed or 13 seed wins their first round, I'd be like, okay, makes sense. It could be very, very chaotic. I think when I when I look at this Class C one team and some of the teams that I've seen just from. Carney Catholic facing them all season long. I think what's really going to come down to is defense. I've always been an advocate for defense wins championships, and I think that's probably going to come down to which of those teams have the better defense. Um, Carney Catholic could definitely make their case, being that they average seven points a game or something like that. That was a stat that I um, kind of looked at myself, somewhere between those lines, that their defense is stout in. And they got hot at the right time, too, just from these last few weeks. Just The offense just continued to grow when they started to give the ball more to Ryan Greaser, and he's starting to be the, the workhorse um, for Carney Catholic, where they look like a more well-balanced team. But I think what's really going to come down to is they're de- from the defensive side, and I'm sure there's other teams in Class C1 that's probably going to have just as a stout defense. I think of when Carney Catholic played Broken Bow. That game came down in the field goal. And Carney Catholic, in the second half, they had zero passing offense. Zero. And they still found ways to pull it off. And it's just a way of, and just go back to my point, that it's going to come down to not just from an offensive standpoint, but it's more on the on the defensive ball as well, and even special teams as well. What are those other teams that you think, just from a defense standpoint, that can be like that the team that can mirror to what Carney Catholic has? If you're talking defense, I, I don't think there's anybody you can mention other than Shatteron. Um, you know, it, it's definitely going to be an interesting contrast when you get some of these Western teams, you know, that, that play a very Western heavy schedule. 
you know, that they haven't matched up against a lot of these these seven and two, you know, eight, eight and one Eastern teams that, that have played a little bit tougher schedule. But Shadron hasn't allowed more than eight points in a game this year, um, which is just incredible consistency. I know they got they got some big kids up front. They recently changed up their the defensive scheme a little bit to kind of you know utilize their strengths even more, and it's really paid off. They got a good quarterback up there too, Alcorn. So you know you, you combine that with that stellar defense, and and they can definitely make some noise as that number five seed. They're they're undefeated for a reason, and I'm just super excited to see kind of how they match up against some of these other teams. Also, say Boone Central, third seeded, really strong defense there too. You know, they they put up a little bit more points. I think you know they they have a strong running game as well. But I think the talent level on that defense that showed in that win over Pierce, and and that's been a big reason why they're they're one and one loss team only. Who doesn't have a strong running game in Class C one? From what <laughs> I said, it's like everyone likes to run the football, yeah. even at the quarterback position. Yeah, I mentioned too. Obviously, Ashley Greenwood has a great defense there. He's the number one seed. But I guess I'm pivoting back to Columbus Lakeview. Who's won their last six, and in the last four games of the regular season, they've given up 15 points, including back-to-back shutouts, including that one against Columbus Dota. So that defense has been rolling as of late. Um, so again, dark horse Columbus Lakeview, look out. I can save for just from with Carney Catholic. I think Ashland Greenwood and Carney Catholic, in a way, kind of controlled their destiny um, just because of the way the bracket is set up. Carney Catholic being the number two, they pay Boys Town. I think that Boys Town, I look at their schedule. I mean, they started off 0-3, but then won six straight. But look at the team that they lost. Dude. They're already in the tournament already. There's something about the home field advantage and controlling your own destiny. Does that kind of play in a way And when it comes to high school sports in general or especially when you're the number one, number two seed, you have home field advantage? Do you kind of feel like there's kind of a, is there a control of your destiny type of feeling when you when you have the home field advantage? Definitely for for the opening round, it's, it's huge to kind of get that playoff game at home. You know, hopefully, I think in terms of you know, establishing momentum and, and getting things going. You hope that that's a, a pretty easy game that, you know, you can kind of just not, I don't want to say sleepwalk through it, but obviously, you know, don't pull out all your trick plays, you know, don't don't have your starters get hurt, you know, that kind of thing where at home, you know, that, that first round game should hopefully go by pretty easy. I think, you know, it, it's hard to say that Ashton Greenwood kind of controls its destiny as, the number one seed when you know that they might play Pierce the second round. We've mentioned all these strong defenses. Well, hey, they got Abram Schulting is probably the best quarterback in C1 up there. They got a Nebraska commit, Ben Brommer. So, you know, that that's going to be a very different style that Ashton Greenwood sees there too. So, yes, you know, home field does go a big way, I think, in, in starting the journey. But I think I, after the first week, to me, it, it kind of fades in importance a little bit. Yeah, I mean... Um... I think the later rounds might not make as big a difference, but the early rounds, at least first and second, you could make a big difference in atmosphere and even intimidation in terms for visiting teams. So, but I do think having that number one seed obviously is very important. Uh, I don't know if I'm a huge fan of the alternating between home and away in the later rounds, but um, it still can make a difference. Sweet, sweet. Um, is there anything else you guys would like to say before I let you guys go? I know you guys got a lot going on um, with your coverages. Um, anything else you want to promote or anything else you want to say about um, state playoffs in general? Yeah, well, just thanks for having us on. You know, appreciate if, if any of you folks in Carney are interested in our 
our coverage of the Lincoln area, make sure to, to check out. We've got an army of riders going around this this Friday. We'll have a, a multitude of games, Class A, B, and C1 to, to follow around here. So I know we're interested in what happens in Kearney. Hopefully you'll follow along to our Lincoln area as well. So, yeah, thanks for having us, Peter. Appreciate it. Yeah, Peter, thank you so much. Yeah, you guys are awesome. Thank you. Thank you, guys, and thank you all for listening to the Hub Sports Podcast. Um, follow us. Follow me on Twitter. I'm at the pistol, um, underscore D-A, underscore P-I-S-T-O-L. Follow Jeff Extra at X underscore sports. Luke, what's your Twitter handle? It is L-1-7. All right, great. And and if you also guys are listening are in the Lincoln area or you're interested in Lincoln Sports, follow the Prep Extra. They're part of our family, so I encourage you all want to continue listening to podcasts. Um, they're doing a great job up there. Thank you all for listening to the Hub Sports Podcast, and we'll see y'all next time.